for our movie review. Space Jam, A New Legacy. And I am synopsing this week, which is only, I'm only just now realizing this. So this is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be bumpy. But here we go. Here we go. So Space Jam, A New Legacy is a sequel to its predecessor, um, Space Jam, starring Michael Jordan. This is starring LeBron James, in case you didn't know. And uh, the basic premise of the movie is that LeBron and his son attend a pitch meeting at Warner Bros. for this new movie, AI algorithm thing, that can basically put LeBron into movies so that he can continue to work and still be in movies. And LeBron's like, that's a trash idea. Well, the algorithm that came up with this idea is Don Cheadle and saw the whole thing and is ticked off about it. So he sucks LeBron and LeBron's son into the server verse and forces them to play this game of basketball against each other. And Dom wants to play against his dad because he's trying to convince him that he should be a game coder. And LeBron is playing for his life basically, because if he loses, they all get trapped in the server verse for all time. And so LeBron has to recruit a team to face off against the goon squad, which is Dom and Don Cheadle's team. Um, Don Cheadle's name is Algae Rhythm, which is one of the worst names of any character ever. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> it's a, in my opinion, it's an algorithm, in case you didn't figure that out from the mnemonics there. but um, And that's the basic premise. They have to face off. And so LeBron ends up with the Toon Squad, Dom's on the Goon Squad, and the rest is history. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. How did I do, Kirk? I mean, personally... I thought it was a pretty a, a pretty decent name for a kid's character. Sure, and- for a kid's character. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm probably being too cynical and being too crotchety there. But uh, well, yeah, you're welcome to that. You're welcome to that. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I was like, all right, I'm down. I'm down. But. I love that you hated it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like if they hadn't said it like 30 times in the movie, I'd be cool with it. But they said uh, it yeah, so yeah, yeah. many times. So you're annoyed that they just like kept like pounding it. At I'm like, you. Yeah, yeah, we I get it. That. Algae rhythm. It's an algorithm. Got it. All right. We yes. got it. All right. Yes. Without further ado, let's jump into our superlatives. The first one is and the Oscar goes to. And the best actor in this movie, I'm going to go ahead and give my flowers to LeBron. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give LeBron his flowers because here's the thing. This is not going to win an Academy award, this performance. And it was flawed in, you know, there are plenty of places you can tell that it's just like not the greatest delivery, but overall for an athlete, this guy continues to be one of the better actors as an athlete that I've ever seen. Keep in mind, this guy has no professional acting training outside of what he's done on set for the various movies that he's been in. He didn't go to school for it. You know, he went straight from high school to the NBA. So the fact that he, we would all, most of us who are, you know, speaking myself, I mean, Kirk's a theater major, so I can't talk about that stuff, but Kirk has a theater degree. Okay. So that's a little bit different, (laughs) but if I was on screen, I would look like a clown no matter how hard I was trying to be honest and genuine and give a real performance. I would look like an absolute clown. And if you need any proof of that, watch any local TV commercial with, you know, (laughs) your local baseball players on it. It's awful. It's so hard to watch. And so the fact that LeBron can do this and also be, you know, he's going to be a billionaire by the end of this year, I think is what they said. And he's, you know, been the best player in the NBA for many, many years that may be changing now or whatever, but it's impressive. It's impressive. And he had some moments where he was really good and, and funny and, um, you know, not that we have to compare it, but just a thousand times better than Michael Jordan. And, and that's, that's not saying anything bad towards Michael Jordan. Cause again, he's an athlete, but it's very impressive what LeBron can do. And even when it's bad, it's like, Hey man, kudos to you for, for being able to do this. It's very impressive. So it's going to LeBron for me. That's true. I don't know if it's um, uh, if LeBron had an advantage because he's grown up in a world where everyone is on screen Mm -hmm. and records themselves and you see that footage right away. You see all of it. So you have to kind of adapt in a certain way. I think you'd be fine on screen, by the way, Cam. I think you'd do a great (laughs) job. Uh, I think that's LeBron has that that upper hand because you you really have to become a multimedia superstar when you become that level of athlete these yes. days. So seeing Michael Jordan in Space Jam, uh, watching 
it back in 2021 is painful. It hurts your heart. Oh, yeah, it's bad. I mean, it literally stops out of like uh, like heartburn and, uh, and and maybe mild heart failure. It's bad. But he didn't know any better. You're exactly right. He yeah. didn't know any better. So LeBron, bravo to you, sir. Bravo to you, well, sir. Well, and the thing that people forget is that LeBron is like wickedly intelligent. Like, yes. it's insane how smart this guy is. Like, people always say, like, oh, he went from high school to the NBA. He didn't even get college. He did not need it. The dude no. is a businessman extraordinaire, a mogul. He can act. He's, he has companies that he's spun up, ideas of his own. Um, he's a genius. I really Production do think he company. is. Yeah. yeah. The, whole, the whole works, man. The whole works. So. Excellent choice. I got to give mine over to the boy who plays his son, Mr. Cedric Joe. Nice. Plays his son. Dom James. I was so convinced, Cam. I know LeBron has a family. I was so convinced that this kid was his son based on Dom's uh, performance. I quickly figured out that it wasn't his son because of how LeBron would behave towards him. Uh, he was, uh, there was some distance uh, because he's like, I'm saying my kid, you know, I'm not going to like hug up on him. You know, he's not an actor, right? But he was so convincing in, in every, in every moment that I was glued to this kid. And Unlike uh, unlike the Space Jam one, you know this is a sequel. Unlike Space Jam one, we don't get much of the kids at all. But the the crutch of this movie is the father son relationship and uh, building it up and, and making it stronger uh, and seeing your kid for who he is and your father for who he is and trying to make each other better and. He just does that. You see Dom go through a total transformation. You see him wanting to love what he wants, uh, anger towards his father, um, and then a realization of, man, I'm being manipulated by this guy named Al G. Rhythm. What a dumb name. Can you believe that? <laughs> he gets he gets duped, but then he realizes through acts of courage through his father, the king, LeBron James. Uh, we get to see that unfold in, in so many ways. Uh, you see this dark side of Dom when, when he's when he's ready to like trick the game and unlock all the rules of, of the game that he's built to take on uh, the Toon Squad. I, I just love everything he did. His full story arc was just done seamlessly, and I can't believe we haven't seen more of this kid yet, but um, I want to see more. So Cedric, Joe, bravo, bravo, well done. I like that pick. I do. I like it. I thought he was good as well. Um, I Actually, I thought most of the supporting cast did a great job. Yeah. I thought, you know, it, it's a different scenario because – um, and I know we're getting ready to talk about probably some of the supporting cast in their scene stealer, but um, they had to cast people to carry Michael Jordan through Space Jam, the Bill Murray's of the world, to to help you know bring something to the table. In this case, they really gave LeBron the keys, and the supporting actors could could really just kind of nestle into their roles. And I think most of them did a really solid job. Yes. Um, okay, so my scene stealer is going to Don Cheadle. Who plays Algae Rhythm? I thought he was a great villain. I really did, and I thought there were many scenes um, that he saved just by his own performance. Truly, like there were scenes where you could tell the dialogue wasn't strong, where he lifted it up with some improv, with some some great physical acting. Um, he was all over the place, and, and he didn't take this lightly. I mean, he had, in my opinion, not the greatest lines, but he he really made it. He, he's a professional about it, and he did a great job. And I give Don Cheadle crap every now and again for fun, uh, you know, for, for his roadie performance and, and some of the other things. But the fact of the matter is he's, he's a great actor, and I thought it showed, and I thought his presence was sorely needed in this movie. And there were I was glad that he got as much screen time as he did because it's good to have a good villain in a movie like this, especially a kid's movie. It, gives it, it makes it more fun. It gives it a little bit... Um, it just makes the objective clear throughout. You're like, okay, that's the that's the bad guy. That's who we're after. That's who we're after. And um, I thought Don Cheadle did a spectacular job and, and stole the show in, in many, many scenes. Wonderful choice. Easy choice for me too. Mr. Al G. Rhythm. Yeah, buddy. Don Cheadle. He won it for me as well. What I loved, what I love about Don Cheadle is that we have also just destroyed this man's career uh from our podcast because of uh the the disdain of his performance as uh as captain roadie uh in is he a captain is he a captain yeah. in the mcu okay well, great colonel colonel james Rhodes. dang it dang it lieutenant colonel i think anyway as uh what's uh this guy what's his name what's his name oh war machine war machine why do i have yes. this toy primed and ready to uh, yeah go. what is happening <laughs> anyways anyways don Sheedle 
you are coming back to your prime. I think in, in, in the height of, of what you, of when you came onto the scene in Hollywood, uh, you came on as, as an Emmy winner or an Emmy nominee in ER, you came on in hotel Rwanda. Hello. Uh, and then some things kind of just kind of spiraled out of control for you. But now we see, um, HBO Max's brand new, uh, original no sudden move, which if you haven't watched it, it's it's pretty good. We're, we won't review it on here, but watch him in that movie. That is prime uh, Don Cheadle. In this, he kills. He kills. I felt like he was uh, harnessing a little Dustin Hoffman from Hook a little bit uh, with this, uh, treating Dom <laughs> yeah. like like swooping in and being like, no, your father, if he really loved you, he'd do this. And I'll sh- you can play whatever game you want. You can create whatever you want. I'll help you create whatever you want. Uh, that kind of like passion and manipulation Don Cheadle is really good at. You, you mentioned his physical acting. He is, he's an algorithm. Uh, you would think that he would be stoic and he's got some really metallic pants that I don't know how he moved in because they looked pretty, uh, pretty rigid at times and he just made it work. Uh, he was, he was all over the place, but in such a good way that he wasn't standing still and letting the camera come to him. Uh, he was really making the camera follow him and what he wanted to do with this character. Uh, so all of that, it was simple, simple to call Don Cheadle out as the scene stealer. Yeah, I feel like going back to your point about his career, you have to like go back to really appreciate him. Like you have to watch mm-hmm. Boogie Nights, you have to watch some of those Steven Soderbergh movies. Um, obviously, the most recent one that he's in, the the one you just mentioned, No Sudden Move, is that the title yeah. of it? That's Steven yep, yep, Soderbergh yep. as well, right? Oh, um, one of my favorite movies. This doesn't get enough love. Mission to Mars with him. Yeah, and Gary Sinise. yeah, yeah. That movie is misunderstood, and I love it so much, so much. Yeah, good call. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just. He takes some interesting roles these days, um, but he's still like very much in the limelight and still does a great job. We just give him some crap from time to time. Um, we do. All right, let's move in. Let's let's critique the film a little bit, um, both positively and negatively. And we'll start on the positive side with Showstopper. My Showstopper is um, the halftime, <laughs> the the halftime speech that that happens and that whole momentum shift because I felt like that momentum shift was a microcosm for the whole movie you know you're like oh my gosh this is a two-hour movie it's a kid's movie it's a little bit on the long side for a kid's movie in my opinion and you're like let's get to the point what are we trying to do here and with the halftime you know everybody's down in the dumps and LeBron gives his big speech and they have the great Michael B. Jordan cameo where it's like, yes, they had me convinced it was going to be MJ like legit. I was like, Oh my gosh, how cool would that be? If, if, (laughs) if his airness was in this movie, you know, that would be so (laughs) incredible. I would just love it. I would love it so much. Um, and they didn't, but it was Michael B. Jordan and it was funny and it, and it worked and it's sort of that whole halftime with LeBron's speech and, and that cameo, it turned the momentum of the movie around and that whole halftime speech was about like, be fun, be yourself. And for the rest of the movie, the movie, the movie itself was fun and it was itself. It was Looney Tunes. It was wacky. It was, it was goofy and it was, it was great. It was exactly what I was coming in waiting for. Um, it just took a really long time to get there. So, um, that's, that's my showstopper was the halftime. Beautiful. Uh, my showstopper goes to the server verse because you have the the whole Warner Brothers properties, the entire catalog at your fingertips. And a lot of that's that's what was such a good way to bridge the gap be, between kids and grown up. That's that's what is Space Jam is all about. You have a, a superstar, an athletic superstar, and you have cartoons. And how do you make that make sense? Uh, it's mostly impossible. But if you can also tie into the absurdity uh, that you're going to show all these other properties to like excite you and uh, give glimpses of, you can see the Joker dancing in some scenes. Penguin, uh, 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 Tim Burton's Penguin is dancing in the back background you get uh, i believe even like game of thrones characters right because and harry potter characters you get the whole mm-hmm. spectrum if you look hard enough you can see them all iron giant i believe hops hops in here is that correct do i see him yep, iron giant. Foot go through king kong the whole spectrum they're all 
there. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. I watched um, a lot of those courtside scenes several times when they got like really close up uh, to, to the bench so I could see what characters were popping in in the background. It was so fun. It was so fun. I thought that was brilliant. And I also thought that it was brilliant by the production team to not make them um, specific to always to the, to the actor who played them. Uh, Joker was specifically taken off of Joaquin because that's the most recent one, uh, like the look of him at least. But still, I loved that even. But it wasn't over the top. They were all just kind of uh, just illusions to to the characters at large. So I also loved that they didn't like have like a break. At first, I wanted it. I for, at first, I wanted Don Cheadle to just like grab a character that we all know and love and talk to him. But then I thought, wait a second, we don't need that. This is about the Looney Tunes and everything else is background. Uh, so I loved just the execution of that and the and the creativity of that was brilliant. The serververse wins it for me. All right. I feel like we're going to be at odds here, Kirk. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be I feel like we're going to be tangling here in a few minutes. I've been I've been kind of sniffing it out for a little while now, but I, I am I am convinced now that we are going to be on opposite sides here very soon. Very soon. But that's what makes this fun. Let's let's embrace it. Let's let's dive into it. Um, I like that showstopper, but let's talk about director shoes. Um, for me, this is going to sound harsh, and it is. It's meant to sound harsh. This movie was not genuine, and it was, it was, it lacked heart. It lacked heart. And for a kid's movie, that's really all you need to have is some heart. And I didn't feel like this movie had it. I think the whole, um, the whole putting together of the team when they're going through the server verse and bouncing to all these different movies, it felt really cheap. It felt like here is all of our Warner properties. Look how cool. It, it was like, why are we even doing this? You know, if this is, and, and, and your point, I get what your point is that they're doing it to bridge the gap between the adults and the kids. And that's fine. But I'm like, granny and the matrix, like, what are, what are we doing? Mad Max. I'm taking my kids to see this movie this weekend. And I have to you know, try to describe a Mad Max scene to them. Like, what are we doing here? Um, it goes on seemingly forever. And the point that should be the most fun part of the movie, which is the assembling of the team, is really just reduced to this like cheap parlor trick of like, look at all this cool stuff we have. And I didn't like it. And, and I felt like it made it feel like they didn't really have um, much of a reason to get the tunes together. And, and they should have. And, and Bugs, man, like what happened with Bugs in this movie? He just like, was kind of a no-show throughout most of the movie. And then at the end, he does this big sacrifice thing. And then they invalidate that like three minutes later, like not even three minutes later. It's like, boop, he's back. And we're not going to explain that movie's over. Goodbye. It's like, where's the heart? And, and, and it got close at times. There was, there was the scene where, where Dom finally, you know, comes to his senses and switches teams because LeBron's like, listen, I should have let you be yourself, whatever. That was good, but that was it. That was it. That was the only heart in the movie. And, and, and the stuff around the characters, you know, you could almost sit here and go, why are the Looney Tunes even here? And, and the reason was to show, like, you got to be yourself, be goofy, which, like, is the plot line of every kid's movie these days. But it just it just didn't get there. It felt, it, it felt disingenuous, and it felt cheap, and it made me angry. So that's, uh, that's my take there. I... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, let me begin with, well, actually, um, if you look at the assembly of the team, Cameron Wiggs, is that it's one of the most exciting uh, assembly of teams a la Armageddon. Uh, if you're, yes, that's right. I'm bringing up Michael Bay's Armageddon <laughs> wow. and his assembly of the team. That's what it reminded me of in my heart, my court. I love that movie and I'll bite you if you don't like it. I will bite you. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. Uh, the things that bothered me in this movie were, was the, uh, was the aggressive profanity, I would say, uh, for being a kid's movie. Um, I think there's like a total count of like two H-E double hockey sticks words in Space Jam 1. And in this one, we get like 
at least two, if not four, we get a lot of uh, the word freaking. We get a lot of what does. And we even get a, a spot where Don Cheadle is dropping the F-bomb, but yeah, bleeped, like bleeped out. <laughs> Dude, like I'm going to have to like spill some popcorn when that scene comes up for my kids in the theater just to distract them from it. Like that was intense, Don Cheadle. And I still gave you the scene stealer. So you're welcome very much. Um that's fine. That's fine, Cam, that you didn't like all that. I don't know what it was that struck me, but I just thought it was an exciting way to uh, to show that what what are the, all the Disney property, I'm sorry, not the, whoops, all of the Warner Brother properties out there and the Looney Tunes have totally gone to the wayside. Uh, I was half expecting them to visit Six Flags in this and show the, <laughs> the dilapidated, faded characters and, and their, uh, their much... Uh, their costumes that needed updated so badly. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you with uh, the, to a point. I thought the heart got me more uh, in this movie uh, than, than what it did with you, but I do agree wholeheartedly on Bugs. Uh, he wasn't there enough. Um, and I also wish that they would have remained uh, in full CGI so we could have a new Looney Tunes reboot. Uh, I think that's warranted. Like, why not? You have Space Jam, A New Legacy. It's obviously, it blew Black uh, Black Widow out of the water. Here's your opportunity. Mm -hmm. Take this, run with it, make a show for one or two seasons for, for the new Looney Tunes. Kids will love it. And then Space Jam 3. Let's bring it on. Whoever's the newest, uh, the newest basketball star. So... A couple of missed marks for me, but overall, uh, I thought it was uh, thought it was well done. Yeah, i i think I think if you ask Warner, they would say they knocked it out of the park in terms of <clears throat> reigniting the flame for the Looney Tunes. And I would say you guys are dead wrong. I don't think any kid's going to leave this movie and be like, "I want to watch Bugs Bunny," because I, I feel like he was a bit of a no show and and really like sort of the funniest character in the whole thing was like I guess Wiley e. Coyote. I don't know, like uh, out of the Looney Tunes, Daffy was pretty great. Daffy, as the, yeah, as the Daffy did well. Coach, yeah, yeah, but other than that, it's like, eh, you know. It was, I'm with you. They're kind of banking on. Le uh, speaking of a new legacy, they're banking on the legacy of, of Bugs Bunny. But yeah, how easy is it to pull up a Looney Tunes cartoon? Uh, I know that my son has watched a few of them and he's loved it, but I don't know where to go to find that. I'm he might, but I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, so I, can't I think even... I think now on HBO Max you can, but before that it was it was tough sledding. And I think you look at like what Disney has done with Mickey Mouse. They they set out a like decades long master plan to reinsert yes. Mickey Mouse into the homes of America with Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And then that show grew up into the Roadster Racers. And then that grew up into Mickey's mixed up thing. And then they had the park attractions. Like they almost need something like that. They need to bring like back like baby Looney Tunes, which was awesome. Whenever yes. I was a kid, I loved that show. They need to like do that. I don't think this, I don't think this met the mark, but that's a different conversation altogether. Um, okay. Okay. But let's go into final thoughts and scores here. Um, listen, anybody who knows me personally knows that there are two things that I love more than most in this world, and that's movies and basketball. And <laughs> so this should have been, pun unmercifully attended, a slam dunk. All right? It really it really should have been. And I'm, I'm not the fun police. I love to have fun, and I love goofy movies. I, I, I want it to be goofy. And I'm typically the first person to say, like, listen, this movie was stupid, but what did you expect? It was supposed to be stupid. I'm usually in that camp, okay? In this case, I'm not. What I was expecting is a movie that paid homage to that original film, which was not a good movie. Like, go back and watch Space Jam, the first one. <laughs> it's not good. We all love it because we grew up with it. You know, the people who were 90s kids, like, we, we grew up with that movie. But it's not a great movie. But they could have made it a great movie by having some self-awareness and, and paying homage to that original movie in a better way instead of trying to do something totally different. And I felt like the Looney Tunes are meant to be the main attraction, and they, they weren't, really. It was all this other distracting stuff. And, like, really, the new characters were the most interesting ones, the Doms of the world, the, the Don Cheadles. You know, they were the most interesting characters even the goon squad i thought was really cool um how they came up with it and used nba and wnba players like that was all very fun but the looney tunes almost felt more like an afterthought in this movie um the visuals once they get <clears throat> to the big game the visuals are great 
The visuals are really good, actually. But there are times in the first half where the visuals are really inconsistent. And so there's some consistency issues. You know, I, you know my opinions on if it was genuine and if it had heart. I, I don't think it did. Um, so, yeah, I have some issues. And I think it was too long. I think it was too long for a kid's movie. It tops out at about an hour 50, an hour almost two hours. It feels longer. It feels, it feels long to me. Um, so I'm giving you a 3.0. Giving a, a 3.0 out of 10 kernels and and if you guys want to call me the fun police that's fine and, and we can talk about it but i promise that's not what i'm trying to do i'm not trying to crap on a kid's movie that's not my that's not my shtick i, I love it but um i love kids movies I, th I think they're super fun usually but this one was not for me not for me <laughs> kirk is just floored at the moment absolutely floored <laughs> My score is going to blow your mind. <laughs> this is good, though. See, this is what we were just talking about last week because we ended up within one-tenth of a oh, point man. of each other on Black Widow, and I said we needed a palate cleanser movie, and I didn't think this was going to be the one. Like, I thought we would end up close, but as soon as we started to talk about it, I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I bet in your head, that's what always happens to the, to the person who's, who's got more negativity on the movie because the other person's like so excited. They're like, dude, I got to tell you <laughs> when they were going through the different worlds and then you're like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm about to drop a, a grenade right on your lap. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, uh, I love that. I love that you have uh, such disdain for it. It's kind of fun. It is fun. Uh, I, I thought it was a fun ride. I thought it was uh, creative in every step that they took. It uh, it did not feel forced to me to to push to nudge LeBron in this direction using the technology of today's world and what it would uh, how to convey that to uh, kids. I thought that yes, algae rhythm was said way too many times, and the word serververse. Even though I loved it, they said serververse. <laughs> if we had a count on it kind of like a profanity count like oh they said server verse like 67 <laughs> times it's probably the right number that yeah, it was probably close. uh but i i really i really enjoyed this i don't i don't know what what else to, it, there was just the magic of it uh outweighed the uh just the the pitfalls of this for me and you're i mean you're about to fall over uh, out of your chair cam because i'm gonna give this <laughs> a 9.0 no. <laughs> No way. No way. I loved it. I, I mean, I've been telling everybody. I told Aubrey, I was uh, my wife, Aubrey, your sister. I said, uh, 20 minutes in, I was like, dude, it's good. It is good. <laughs> and then I kept watching and I told like, I made the recommendation to several other people. Uh, I was like, guys, guys, Space Jam, you got to watch it. You got to watch. <laughs> that is awesome. A, a whopping six point differential. I, I feel safe in saying we've never had that. I don't yeah. think I don't think we have. I think we had a big one for Nomadland. Yes, um, but I don't think it was six points. I don't think, I don't it, think, it, I don't think it was six either. points. No. Um, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm gonna post <laughs> about this every day on social media for the rest of the week. I'm so excited. That's that's hilarious and awesome. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks to stick. Thanks for sticking to your guns, Kirk. I'm I'm glad. You know, this is this is like, if I ever when people ask me like. If you could have, you know, it's just what we do is just a stupid movie podcast. But when people ask me, like, oh, if you, if you could have back. it, if you could have it, like, accomplish something in the world, if you could have your podcast, like, give something to people, what would it be? And I always say, it, it, I wish it would give people the ability to disagree with people and be fine with it. Just yeah. like talk to somebody, have a completely different opinion about it, speak your full truth, and then go on with your life. You know, everybody's yep. still friends. Everybody's good. Nobody's throwing stones at each other. Like, that's what we need. And and, and so I'm so glad that we did this because that's, that's, it's just, it warms my heart. I love it. I love it. Yes, mine too. Mine too. Man, that is, that is, we saw two different oh, movies. Man. I know. Is... I was like, it makes me want to like, I don't know, I need to like, start journaling or something to see if I was just having like the worst day ever. Well, listen, I don't mean to throw stones at you, but I know I, I'm just going to throw it out there. You confessed to me right before we started that you finished this movie right before we started. I did. And today is the day that you woke up to a dog <laughs> That's true. in your bed. That's true. But I started it a couple of days ago and I was fine. I think, I, I don't know. It makes me wonder now. It makes me really wonder, but 
Oh man, that's too good. That's too good. Oh, really? All right. Well, that's Space Jam: A New Legacy. See where you land. Are you Team Kirk or Team Cam on this one, or somewhere in the middle? Chances are somewhere in the middle. I would guess. I don't know. We were both pretty extremes on this one, but you can check it out on <laughs> HBO Max. You can check it out in theaters. Um, we're, we'll be doing that this weekend. We'll be checking it out in theaters um, with popcorn and soda and the whole the whole thing. Yes. Um, looking forward to it for sure. Always glad to be in in the movie house, but. Let's move along to our schoolyard pick of what do we call this? Warner Brothers franchises, Warner Brothers intellectual property. That sounds a little bit stuffy. Um, well, are we doing full franchises? Because if so, no, I've... I think it's. I think it, it can be a single movie. It, okay, it, good. it could be a property. It could be a TV show. I mean, it could I be like whatever. Property. I like property. Yeah, let's yes. go with that. So, basic premise is if Warner owns it or even has owned it and sold it to somebody else or whatever, if it's considered a Warner property, we're, we're if you can it. Google it. And like I have done for the past, uh, day, uh, in that, <laughs> yeah. it was at one time a, a Warner brother property. Yes. It yeah. is a Warner brother property. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Kirk, you, uh, you're leading us off here. Moi? Yeah. You, Okay, this is that's a lot of pressure because listen, they have a gigantic it's huge. catalog. Yeah, it's insane. I really don't know where to begin. Um, I mean, I have a list of literally like fifty properties, and that's not that doesn't even scratch the surface. So if we're picking the best, the best of the best, it's hard too because I want to go with like what's what's like near and dear to my heart but then there's all of these like legacy uh mm-hmm. items that will like withstand the test of time right right i have to choose one of my all-time favorite movies 2010's christopher nolan's inception ladies Ooh, and gentlemen yeah. warner brothers yeah i mean i mean there's been nothing like it before and there will be nothing like it again uh people will try and they will fail it was a movie just uh uh, that was written throughout christopher nolan's entire life um maybe even longer maybe because he probably actually lived the inception life and went down into the dream world and didn't tell us and he lived a lifetime and wrote it there i think that's what actually happened with this movie because it is brilliant and without without any flaws so inception i love it i think we're coming up right off of the 11 year anniversary of inception i think july 16th was the day yes Um, that's right because my facebook (laughs) memories from from 11 years ago said you know how people used to go like cameron wiggs is doing this you know what i mean (laughs) you you remember that so all my cringe statuses from whenever i was in facebook it was like Cameron Wiggs is going to see Inception tonight. <laughs> you yes, know? I think I think I had one that said Kirk Doolin is Inception. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is worse. <laughs> so that that just that's a fresh anniversary, but great pick. Love Inception. It's it's so good. Such a great movie. All right, my first pick. I'm going with the DC Comics universe and all the characters mm. therein. Um, I know they're tough sledding right now, and I've been a harsh critic of many of their recent projects, but. The Chris Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, the the Batman the animated series from the 90s or 2000s, um, Superman the animated series, all of the that that Justice League animated series, the movies that they've come out with on the animated side, all of it. Batman Beyond, love it. I love all that stuff, and I know that DC's got brighter days ahead. They've had a couple of stinkers, but they've had some really good ones, and I know that there will be more good ones. So, it's DC for me. And, and I'm still through and through a, a diehard DC Comics fan. So that's got to be my first pick. So your first pick, you just encapsulated like half their catalog. I just want to point franchise. that out here, Cam. That's a franchise. That's a franchise. Mm. Yes. So I can't pick any of those. So well Correct. done. Well done to no you. No DC. That's all mine. <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just dirty. Dirty, dirty. Well, got to pick one of my all-time favorite movies because if you know me, you also know that I love mafia movies because I am an Irish man. Mm. And Irishmen will, were infiltrating, not infiltrating, but you know, they, they became part of uh, of the Italian mafia, uh, little by little, little by little. Goodfellas, up at the top of my list yeah. there. In fact, I even sent you a, uh, a Goodfellas gif uh, earlier today. Cam. The greatest, the, one of the greatest gifts of all time, the Ray Liotta cackling gif. It's, it's usable in almost any scenario. It's always hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes. Is that it? Oh, yeah, that's all I got. That's all you're going to say about Goodfellas? You're just like, yep, Goodfellas. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's it. Uh, Goodfellas. Speaks for itself. Uh, Ray Liotta gif. Uh, what else? What? Uh, that's all I got. I love it. I think that's fair. I, I just was taken aback by that, but I, I like it. Um, okay, my second pick. Easy one. Lord of the Rings. Going with the Lord of the Excellent. Rings. Um, I guess this includes The Hobbit. I didn't like any of those movies, if I'm being fully <laughs> honest. But I loved the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies, extended, theatrical, whatever. You know, we can we can have nerd debates about that. But I loved them, and I know that Lord of the Rings is moving on to Prime, their big television show over there, and that's that's great for them. But seeing that AOL Time Warner logo, uh, New Line Cinema right before a Lord of the Rings movie. Those logos will always remind me of Lord of the Rings because I've watched those movies countless times. So that's that's where my second pick has to go. Bravo, bravo. My next pick, I'm going to take a franchise. I'm going to take The Matrix. Nice. I knew that was going to be on your list. Yes. Uh, even, you know, The Matrix gets, um, gets some shade. Get some shade in, in their latter films, especially the third one. But I feel like it had a purpose. I feel like it had a purpose when it was made, and uh, I feel like it will be uh, resolved in the Matrix Four that's coming out next year. And that's why I'm taking the entire franchise so that I own it uh, to me because I want to own that and hold it over your head when Matrix Four is really good, Cam, mm. and it becomes your favorite Matrix. Uh, that's how vindictive I am planning for the future. <laughs> of, uh, I've got no ill will uh, against <laughs> the Matrix at all yet. Oh, I know. No, I know. I mean, I'm just like bragging rights. I just want to. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, The Matrix, uh, there's nothing like it. And so many films have stolen from it, not stolen, adapted from it, grew from it, learned from it. Uh, Just the world that they created was so different from anything that we had seen. I love just these groundbreaking movies that shift uh, all all of cinematic history and the matrix was one of them i mean we would not have uh, patty jenkins wonder woman without the matrix so they would not be it would not be the same all of those slow-mo scenes countless other films just like that and, and just the grittiness of it and the boldness of it uh, i just i just love it so much great i'm gonna piggyback off off of that because i was gonna save this one for later but i'm just gonna use it now because you made a great point blade runner I'm going to take Blade Excellent. Runner. And, and I rewatched the original Blade Runner again. I do that every so often. Um, Blade Runner 2049, also a great watch. Um, perfect movie that if you're testing out a 4K TV or something, that's the way to go. Yes. Great sound, great cinematography, you know, Roger Deakins. All, it's got all of it. It's cinema. You know, you got you to see it full color. Anywho, Blade Runner, the point you just made about... Uh, how The Matrix was sort of like a defining movie for how we see movies these days. Blade Runner was the same thing. Blade Runner took the way that people looked at future movies and flipped it on its head. It made this gritty, cyberpunk, dystopian nastiness (laughs) of Los Angeles in the year 20... Yeah, what was it? I think it's... Is it 2019 or 2020 in that movie? I think it's pretty close. I think it's 2019. Um, if I remember correctly, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, it's Los Angeles and you know, you've got the fire shooting out of the top of the, the stacks and people are li- moving off world because on world just sucks and it just changed everything. And, and you might look at that movie and say like, you watch it now and you're like, wow, this is kind of different, but you have to understand that the cinematic significance of that movie that came out in, you know, the 1980s is is so significant because it changed the way that people look at the future and you can see if you've seen that movie you can see it echoing throughout cinema for for decades and that's what's really cool and that's what makes Ridley Scott you know one of the greats the, the true visionary because of what he was able to create with that movie and others so Blade Runner you nailed it 2019 is when Blade Runner was set yeah in uh, beautiful choice I personally love the Blade Runner director's cut uh, yes because that's my favorite version of it because the theatrical release, I don't know why, it's just confusing. It really it is. It is, yeah, yeah. You get that that extended director's cut and man, you are smooth sailing. You'll so, get it. So what the what the diehards will tell you on Blade Runner is that the correct order to watch them in is theatrical cut of Blade Runner one, then the director's cut, or or I think it's called the final cut or something like the that. The final cut, yeah. yeah. yeah then that one, and then 2049, because you will only have an appreciation 
for the final cut once you've seen the original cut. Uh, that is true. Yeah. That is true because you're left very confused. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> and you get a lot of stuff answered and then you feel smarter. Yeah, I agree. I think that is correct how, how everyone should have to endure that film. <laughs> <laughs> they should. They should have to watch it. <laughs> oh, man. What's next here? Is this number four for me? Or I will have to choose another mafia movie okay. another scorsese film the departed departed the departed the departed here cam i mean we got leo we got mark Wahlberg. we we got matt damon i mean we got them all we got jack nicholson, jack nicholson. this this movie uh, also arguably perfect it's it's so incredible it is um uh when i think of movies that are just anxiety inducing i think of the departed because at any moment any one of your favorite actors could die uh and it feels so real in this movie uh spoiler alert everyone dies except for mark Wahlberg in this movie last <laughs> man standing <laughs> listed uh they they really the I, and it's a movie, but the the environment and the, uh, the 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 tropes of storytelling that Scorsese takes in this in this film are just absolutely mind blowing. And um, sometimes I will turn The Departed on if I'm working late at night and I need something on in the background, which sounds crazy because it's just uh, Boston Bostonians screaming the f bomb and shooting each other. And you would think that's distracting for <laughs> most people, but for me, I'm like, no. Oh. It's like a white noise machine to you. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm ah, like the soothing sounds of The Departed. <laughs> Yes, I'm like a displaced Bostonian uh, because I, I feel I feel like a weird kinship to them. I've never been there. I've literally never been there. Um, uh, maybe it's the the Irish the people would would um, relate to, but then they would also start um, just like yelling at me, thinking that maybe I am one of them. And because I'm a Midwesterner, I think I would be uh, I would just crumble up and die immediately from the anger that they all have in their town. So. Um, I still want to go there, and I, I still. I think you'd love it. I, I've been, I've been now, and it took me a while to get there. And I went on a trip for school when I was in grad school, and I loved it. I, I was surprised by how okay. much I loved it. I thought it was cool. There's lots of history there. It's got a great vibe. Um, yeah, I think you would be right at home there. Okay. I hear, um, uh, I recently listened to Conan O'Brien and Bill Burr just like riffing on Boston because yeah. they're both from there. And I'm like, I was like crying. I was like scared of it uh, because <laughs> just the way, the way their culture is. But maybe it's if you only know that they're like a true Bostonian, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. The Departed wins for me though. I love it. All right, my next pick. I'm going to take it because I feel like I don't want you to take it because then I don't know what I would pick last. Um, all right. All right. So I'm going to pick Harry Potter. I'm going to pick Harry Potter. Um, I like these movies. It's one of these things you just like, it feels like everyone just kind of watches them once every two years. <laughs> they just like do the rounds. They're like, well, it's about time to rewatch all the Harry Potter movies. Kind of obsess <laughs> over that for a week or, or whatever. Um, well, at least we do that in my house. And I was talking to one of my friends recently who was like, we were just having like small talk and he's like, yep, just finished the Harry Potter movies again, <laughs> again, you know, um, mostly cause I just love the world building of it. I love how the book came to life in, you know, in the movies and the aesthetic and the way that the, ma the way that they made magic on film really fun. And, and it's great. We had a Harry Potter Halloween costume or, or a Halloween party one year. It was the most fun thing ever. We like did it up big. It, it's, it's just the best. And I think that's why people love it. they, get nerdy about the schools and, and going to the wizarding world at universal which is really cool um it's just fun it's just super fun it is it is uh that one that one belongs in your camp i also love the harry potter world but um there's a specialness that that you have to it so um yeah i kind of uh i kind of forgot about it uh, which is terrible absolutely you deferred terrible. It to me. let's just let's frame it that yes. way you were like you know what you should have Can, this can you edit what I that I said? <laughs> I, I could, forgot. I won't, but um, let's just pretend anyway. Okay, cool. Um, so, what was your number four, uh, Cam? Could you could you tell me? <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, dang it. Okay, yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, I wish I would have picked that one. I know. My fifth one shall be. It shall be. This is tough. There are so many left on the table here, man. It's not even fair. 
it's not even fair. Yeah, we're going to leave tons of big ones on the table. People are going to be mad. They're going to be mad. They're going to, they're just going to roast us. I'm going to go with the Goonies. Ooh, great pick. The Goonies. I mean, this is a, this is like, it feels like a rite of passage movie. Uh, There's, it's such a, it's such a weird movie overall, but it's, it's so exciting. It's like a, just one of the most, tr- the truest adventure films out there that we have. Yeah. Uh, and Sean Astin, uh, he's, he's just, he's the leader of the pack and we get, uh, oh, what's the girl's name? Oh my goodness. The, the redheaded girl who like stopped acting after this, which is so sad. She should have kept going. Josh Brolin is in this as the Yeah, I was going to say Josh Brolin. That's the, that's. That's what I always think of. I'm like, hey, remember how Josh Brolin was in The Goonies? <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. And uh, it, it, there's just, uh, people just quote this. Uh, Corey Feldman, uh, people quote this all the time. Oh, what's the girl's name? She's fantastic and she should have kept going. Carrie Green uh, is, ju- is just- Yeah, uh, Andy. All of these, Andy. as Andy, they're, they're all just such- magic struck uh, and this film came together and you could never do a movie like this again. I feel like there was even like rumblings of rebooting this movie yes. or even a sequel Correct. and I say absolutely not. Shut that down if you can Richard Donner and Chris Columbus. Please do not do it uh, because it, it just it can't happen. It can't happen. The I goodies. wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And that brings me to my last pick. I have gone with franchises up till now and I will do that again (laughs) I'm going with the Lego movies the Lego movies I love these movies I think they're great I haven't seen Lego Ninjago full full disclosure that's just not really my scene I'm sure it's funny though if I know if I know the Legos um you know Warner Animation also makes the Lego video games which I love 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 some of the best couch co-op games there are um but so far, we've got the Lego Movie, uh, the Lego Movie Part Two, the Lego Batman Movie, all of which I really love. Um, just a great style, great sense of humor, like right up my alley. That that kind of sense of humor. It's it's very stupid, but also like smart. Um, it's not just stupid for the sake of being stupid. And they they all all those movies we're talking about heart earlier. Those movies have crap loads of heart. So so much heart. They just gush with it. It's so great. Um, and I can watch them all the time. And I do frequently. I frequently rewatch them, even though I am a grown adult because I love them <laughs> so much. So it's got to be the Lego movies for me. Beautiful. All right. We're not going to do honorable mentions because there's too many. And I want to see what people what people roast us on. And I don't want to have the defense of being like, well, it was in the honorable mentions. No, I want to I want to feel it. I want to know what you think. If you're like, if you're like, where was King Kong or something? I don't know. Just let's hear it. I want to know. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. But that's all we've got for you. We've reviewed Space Jam. We did our schoolyard pick. We're, we're getting out of here, okay? Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, a couple of housekeeping things on the back end here. Um, uh, spilled Popcorn is done for now. Uh, it will probably return with What If, but we don't really know exactly because we kind of have to wait how that, to see how that show goes before we yes. know if if the format will lend itself to that. But Kirk and I are working right now to cook some things up to fill that Monday slot. Um, So there will still be podcasts on Monday going forward. Um, If not this week, then the following weeks, we we will make sure that that void gets filled, but spilled popcorn's done again. If you haven't listened to that stuff, go back and listen to it while you're watching the Marvel stuff. I I hope that it enhances the experience and give us feedback um, on what you think of it. And then also our discord server. I have to talk about our discord server This is where we chat about movies. This is where you can chat with us at any time of the day about movies. Kirk's always awake. So it's like, literally, if you want to chat movies at 4 a.m., like... Just at me. Yeah, just just be like, at Kirk, and he's probably ready to go. He's probably watching The Goonies. Listen, either The Goonies or most recently, guys, I mean, Netflix just dropped part one, two, and three of Fear Street. Fear Street, yeah. And I watched them in the middle of the night. And so tell me about it. Tell me how you're feeling. And any other movie, I'm here for you. Yes, and then the other thing I want to plug real quick because I've reignited my obsession with this app is Letterboxd. Letterboxd, yes. which is, for those of you who don't know what it is, Letterboxd is like a social media 
for um, movie reviews. Kind of, you can log mm-hmm. movies, you can review movies. It shows you know your friends and followers what movies you've been watching. It's a great way to go back and say like, oh, I watched that movie on this date. You can keep a whole list of the movies you've watched. It's great. It's social media. It's movie reviews. It's awesome. Kirk and I are both on there. Uh, we have a podcast page that we've never really like posted on or anything, but we're both on there. And um, I've been reviewing movies on there outside of this podcast. So if if you like my opinions, you can find them on Letterboxd. Um, it's a lot of fun. So go check it out. You just have to type in Cam Wiggs, and you'll find me. And and we can share our we can share our handles and stuff on social media, so you guys can get, yes. can get at it. But seriously, that's all we've got. I'm going to get out of here now. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, special thank you to Ryan Spriggs, our executive producer, and the band Rhetoric, who cooked up this original music you're about to hear. Thank you, Kirk. We'll see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Talk to you then.